Welcome to AlleyCast, where we talk all things business, body image, mindset, and more. If it's juicy, we're talking about it, baby. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back. Um, so I don't know if this is going to work. I have 4% on my computer right now and I don't have my computer charger, but I really, really want to record this episode. Um, so we're just going to power through, see how much we can get into. And then if I don't make it, I will finish the rest tonight when Eric gets back from the office. Um, cause I left my computer charger there because I was like, Oh, I'm not going to, you know, need my computer this weekend. I'm going to relax. And then I just had this fiery passion to record this episode and yeah. Moral of the story, bring home your computer charger. Um, Okay, today I wanna talk about alcohol, my relationship with alcohol, being sober curious lately, and everything in between. So last night on my stories, I asked you guys, you know, what is your relationship with alcohol like? And my DMs exploded. Like, from anywhere from I love it, to I'm sober, to 50 million shades of gray in between, you had a lot to say about alcohol. And I have been feeling very similarly where it's almost similar to eating disorders in the sense that there is, you know, quote unquote, normal eaters. And then there's people with eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, just these boxes. And I never felt like there was this gray area, this in-between where oftentimes many people fall like myself. And I feel the same way with alcohol where I'm not someone who has serious addiction issues to alcohol, but at the same time, I feel like my relationship with alcohol wasn't entirely super healthy. And I've always felt the pressure to drink either to fit in, to calm my social anxiety or just out of FOMO. So today's episode is really going to be me sharing my experience kind of floundering in this gray area of alcohol and drinking culture. As with anything that I share on here, I don't have it figured out. It's something that I'm currently going through. It's something that I'm sort of using this platform to talk out my feelings and really just share my experience and in hopes that it will resonate and help someone out there that's maybe going through the same thing. So let's dive into it, shall we? All right, updating you from about six hours later, <laughs> my computer did in fact die at that very moment that you just last heard. Um, I now have my charger. Shout out to Ari who dropped it off for me at my house and we were all charged up and ready to go. So let's do it. Let's dive in for a second time. (laughs) All right. So I want to preface this episode by first of all saying, if you are struggling with alcohol addiction, if you are currently in recovery from being addicted to drinking, if you've gone to AA, if you're currently going to AA, this episode is not going to be advice for those situations. Obviously I'm not a professional. Obviously I've never had that experience in my past. So I can't speak to that. This is going to be more for someone who is in the gray area, as I mentioned, or someone that's sort of questioning their relationship with alcohol. So just want to make that point. This is not medical advice and I'm just covering my ass for legal reasons. Thank you. All right. So first I think it's important for you guys to understand what my past relationship with alcohol has been like, and I'll keep it short and sweet, but really it's been interesting. So I went to school in the Bay area. I went to UC Berkeley, go bears. Although it's known for being a really high achieving academic school, it's also a huge party school, which honestly, I feel like unless you go to a super religious school or even a dry campus, I mean, even on some of those like Pepperdine, et cetera, 
every college is pretty much a party school if you're in the right social circles. So I was in a sorority, deeply invested in drinking culture on campus, and I was definitely a frequent party goer at lots of the frat houses. So I drank a lot um, freshman and sophomore year. Then I end up getting inducted into this secret drinking society. It was gnarly, you guys. Like, just to give you an idea, I had to make myself throw up multiple times while we had our quote-unquote meetings. Otherwise, I would have alcohol poisoning and I would go to the hospital. And we had some girls that went to the hospital um, because of that, because they couldn't throw up. So it was a lot of drinking, a lot of hard alcohol really quickly um, early in the morning on an empty stomach. It was just not healthy, not okay. And in hindsight, really toxic and really dangerous. But it's what I was involved in. I thought I was cool because I was chosen for this secret drinking society. And there's a lot of history that comes along with this group on campus. So I felt a lot of pressure to perform and to do well. So I was pretty much blacked out every weekend. And during this point, I really used those moments as an excuse to exacerbate my eating disorder behaviors. So for example, if I was super drunk and I was feeling a little nauseous, had the spins, I remember thinking this is perfect excuse, this is a perfect time for me to binge and eat everything that I could get my hands on and then make myself throw it all up. Because in my mind, I felt like it was justified. I'm already drunk. If I throw this up, I'm going to feel better in the morning. And then it also simultaneously was a great excuse for me to eat whatever I wanted because all week I had been really restricting my food, um, really counting my calories and, you know, getting to a place where I felt comfortable and okay and allowed myself to kind of go crazy on the weekends because I was very much in this restrict binge cycle in college. So I'd basically treat my body like shit and then the next morning wake up and just be disgustingly hungover. I mean, so hungover that my whole body was shaking. It almost withdraw symptoms, honestly. And I was depressed, extremely depressed during this time. Um, anytime I was hungover, depressed and anxious for days. I mean, it would probably take a good four or five days for me to really get back to the point where I felt normal again. And then it was time to drink again. So it really was this horrible cycle for me mentally and physically and emotionally. Fast forward, I graduate college, I'm in the working world, I'm a nine to five woman working in tech in San Francisco, and I'm working at a really fun startup. The thing is, by fun, I mean everyone loved to drink. It was a really young, outgoing, social work culture, and alcohol played a huge part in that. There was a rooftop bar at the office, lots of events were really centered around drinking, and I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, at the time, I was fresh out of college, I continued to drink pretty openly and frequently, but Around the time when I started going on Accutane for my skin, I really started to dial back my drinking. Just because it's such an intense and harsh drug on your liver, I really didn't want to put my liver under more stress by adding fuel to the fire and drinking. So I intentionally took a few months off of drinking and was shocked by how challenging it was. Not for me personally, but socially at work. I felt like I really wanted to fit in. I wanted to be social. I wanted to make friends with my coworkers. And I had such a hard time going to these events and not drinking. And it wasn't me personally. It was honestly the peer pressure of other people around me just treating me differently, you know, saying, hey, we're all going to do shots. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not drinking. And them just giving me the weirdest looks and also just 
trying to peer pressure me into doing it with them. So being like, oh, come on, you're no fun. You know, we're all doing it together. It's just one. And I was just had the hardest time saying no. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially if you're in finance or some of these you know, traditionally male dominated fields where it's sort of like in order to hang with the boys, you got to drink, you know, you got to hold your weight, hold your liquor. And it's just really toxic because it kind of equates doing well at work and excelling in your career with how much alcohol you consume, which when you say it that way, it makes no sense. And like a lot of issues in the workplace, this wasn't something that obviously was said outright. You know, none of my managers came to me and said, hey, Allie, we really want to sit you down because um, you just haven't been performing in your drinking abilities. But it was that classic subtext, read between the lines, feeling other people's energy that I knew. You know, if I wasn't going out every Thursday, Friday night with my coworkers, if I wasn't having a drink up at the rooftop bar after work, I wasn't going to be in the inner circle. I wasn't going to be one of the cool one of the cool kids, honestly. So that was really challenging and really opened my eyes to this world for people that don't drink. Because up until that point, I was one of those people. I was drinking every night. I was going out. I was going ham. And now that I was sort of on the outside looking in, everything changed. The crazy thing about that was during this time, I had never felt better. I was waking up clear-headed. I had so much more energy. I wasn't waking up hungover with my anxiety, you know? And I felt good about myself. I was taking care of myself. But simultaneously, I felt this pressure and this angst in the workplace because I felt like I wasn't fitting in. I end up leaving that job. I end up starting my company, formerly Queen, now Oathouse. And soon I'm working for myself. There's no one around me to peer pressure me to drink. And honestly, this was just something that happened naturally. I sort of just forgot about alcohol and drinking culture. A lot of my friends in San Diego love them. They're my best friends from high school. A lot of what we did growing up, I mean, we were kind of nerdy. Like we had a lot of movie nights. We made dinner together. We had lots of girls nights and we weren't really huge party goers in high school. So when I came back down to San Diego, you know, of course we had some drinking, but a lot of what we did was really wholesome and pure. And it was like making dinner together, having a beach picnic, stuff like that. And so I honestly didn't find it hard to just not drink. And I really loved the feeling of, again, waking up clear-headed, feeling all the emotions so intensely and not anesthetizing certain things or turning to alcohol to cope with anything in my life. It just felt really whole and it felt really good. And it felt like I was living my life to its fullest and i wasn't missing out on anything which brings me to today i am now living in philly obviously still running my business but i don't have a lot of friends here and i've talked about this before it's really hard to make friends when you move to a new city during a global pandemic um so we moved into the actual city because we were a little bit on the outskirts trying to be closer to the facility um, when we first moved here but now we're in the city we're in fishtown in the heart of it lots of bars lots of restaurants And Eric and I went out to dinner last night um, to a cider house. They make these awesome local ciders with, you know, Pennsylvania apples, which is really cool. Lots of different fruit. Of course, I loved it because I was gluten-free. And they had some great, you know, gluten-free friendly food. And so we got cider and food. And I went to order and I just, I liked the idea of getting a cider. I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's local. It sounds so yummy. But I just had this like gut feeling of just like, I didn't want the alcohol. Like I didn't 
want to really feel drunk. I was just with, you know, Eric, I don't need to, (laughs) like, we weren't going to go rage after we were just going to have one or two drinks. And honestly, it just, it didn't sound good to me. I wanted something fun. I wanted something festive. So I ordered, they had a small little non-alcoholic section and I ordered this lemon ginger kind of fizzy vibe drink. It was so delicious, had no alcohol. You honestly couldn't even tell, honestly, because sometimes with drinks, they're so good at making them that you're like, I can't even taste the alcohol. So it was fun, it was fizzy, it was celebratory. And then we got food and then we went home. And I just, I had this moment where I was like, I don't need to drink, you know? It was so nice to wake up this morning and feel clear-headed and feel good. Because for me lately, you know, even one drink is like, I kind of wake up the next morning and I just feel a little more tired and it's very subtle, right? It's some, it's not something where you're like, I got hit by a train, you know, <laughs> I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. Like one drink, it's very subtle, but it's like, you get a little tired earlier. You know, you get the 3 PM slump a little more often. Um, you're a little groggy right when you wake up and it's these little things that it's like, I've just paused lately and I've been like, is that worth it for me? And sometimes it is, you know, sometimes I'm with friends, I want to celebrate, but other times like last night, it really wasn't. And it just got me thinking, you know, what role does alcohol really play in my life? I think it's so deeply ingrained in our society that alcohol is this cure all. It's something that makes our lives better and more enhanced and more fun. And it totally can, but it's never really talked about the dark side, right? The the downsides are never that shared unless you really struggle and then it's like oh you have a problem okay well you know go to aa and just like don't ruin our fun you know don't don't rain on our parade and it's just this weird societal thing that no one talks about being in the gray area being that person like myself where i love a glass of wine from time to time an ice cold crispy sauvignon blanc with some fish and pasta mm sign me up baby but then there are other times where last night you know i found myself feeling like i should order a drink because everyone else is drinking we're at a cider house eric's drinking the table next to us is drinking <laughs> even the bartender was drinking behind the bar no i don't know um and i was like am i lame if i don't get a drink but deep down i was like i don't want one right i want something fun but i don't want to feel drunk i don't want to even feel tipsy because i want to be clear-headed tomorrow i want to crush my workout And I just want to feel relaxed and rested and just enjoy the moment with my mans. So I posted on my story last night asking you, explain your relationship with alcohol in one word. And I just want to read some of these responses because it's really interesting to me what people say when they have to boil it down to one word. So the number one thing that people said was complicated by far. So many complicateds. And I don't know what that means. It's different for everyone. Um, some people said intuitive, which is great. Some people said guilt, rare, occasional, enjoyment, celebratory. I love that one. Um, crutch. That was another common one. Truth serum. (laughs) That's funny. Unhealthy. Mm. Choice, a journey, excessive, volatile. So as you guys can see, I mean, everyone has a different relationship with alcohol and, it's just so personal and it's so your own, you know, and it's not something, you know, by listening to this podcast, I hope you understand that I'm not trying to shame you for anything that you're doing. You know, if you love drinking, if it's like, like that one person said celebratory, I love that. But I think what I'm trying to do is just, just scratch the surface, just get you thinking, just be curious about 
your relationship with alcohol because that's what I'm doing, you know, and I don't have the answer. (laughs) I don't, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, I'm never drinking again because especially with my history of, you know, my eating disorder, anytime I put like a restriction or this hard slap a label on something, it just feels very rigid to me. And I love to live life in this easy breezy intuitive place. So I love this idea of intuitively drinking, just tapping into your intuition. For example, you're at a restaurant with friends, the waiter comes by and he's like, Hey, what can I get you to drink? And you freeze because all of your friends ordered white wine. (laughs) I don't know why it's like classic, basic girl drink. Um, or no espresso martini. That's like the drink of the moment. I feel like everyone is ordering an espresso martini and you deep down are just like, I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want to drink it all. Like I want to wake up tomorrow. I want to feel good. I want to deep clean my apartment, whatever. And, but you feel pressure and you're like, I can't be the only one at the table that doesn't get a drink. Like my friends are going to think I'm pregnant or just weird, (laughs) which, you know, when you're in your twenties and you're single, I don't know what's worse. I'm not single, but just an example. Um, so he comes around and, you know, deep down, you're just like, oh, I don't want this, but you order one because again, you want to fit in and then you're drinking it and you're just like, you finish it and you kind of feel a little tired and you're like, oh, this is just, again, like I didn't really want to drink this, but I did it to fit in when in reality, if these are your real friends, right? Like these are your, these are your girls, you know? and you don't order a drink and they really give you shit for it, they really give you a hard time, it's just like a great moment to check in and be like, are these great friends? You know, if they shame you for not ordering a drink, forget them. (laughs) Like who wants friends like that anyways? But more often than not, what's going to happen is they're not even gonna notice, right? Like people, we always forget, and this same thing for body image too. You go to the beach, you're feeling insecure in your bikini, I think I've talked about this before and you're so nervous about what everyone else is thinking about you in reality everyone is feeling that way and it's the same thing like you're sitting at this table you're so nervous like you don't want to look weird or you don't want to be left out but in reality everyone's in their own world they're all thinking about themselves more often than not they won't even realize what you ordered so in the spirit of keeping this episode short and sweet because I love a short and sweet one and it's already approaching 20 minutes which is crazy I have a lot to say about this um Moving forward, whatever your relationship with alcohol, I think it's always going to be beneficial in life to just live more intuitively and honor yourself. Do what's best for you. Don't worry about what other people think of you. And just remember that if anyone says anything about your choices, whether it be to drink or not to drink, that comes from their own insecurity. That comes from them feeling insecure about their decision and their life, and they're projecting that onto you. So with that, moving forward, I'm going to try my best to just live intuitively. You know, I'm going to drink when I want to drink, and I'm going to not when I don't. And I'm not going to worry about what other people think of me. I'm going to do me because this is my life. And I'm not going to live my life according to other people. I'm not going to live my life trying to please others because they're not me. And at the end of the day, It's not serving me. And if you want more stop people pleasing vibes, listen to my last episode because it's a good one. All right, you guys love you. Hope this was helpful. Kind of just me ranting about alcohol. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, leave a review, DM me comment on my latest post, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.